Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. Uh, today, besides myself and Dave, which I'm sure you're all loving my voice right now, um, is that we've got Dave Mason coming from Universal Title to really talk about how he built out uh, his title business throughout the mid-Atlantic uh, and also expansion out into the West Coast and some other opportunities there. But the cool part I've been, I've had the pleasure of working with Dave for about 12 years now is that the culture within his title company is one that um, I wouldn't laugh at. And actually, I think it's actually a standard of mo what most title companies should be looking at is like, how do you form culture inside of an organization so it feeds growth? Uh, so Dave, why don't you introduce yourself? What's some background on you? And like, who are you? What's the universal title? Yeah, well, Joe, David, thanks for having me. It's a real thrill to be here. This is my first podcast. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a rookie. I'm a rookie. So um, I, I appreciate the opportunity, though. And a little bit about me. Uh, so I am second generation in the title business. Our, our dad, my sister, and, and I are business partners. Uh, our dad, also David Mason, started Universal Title back in the 70s. And was a sole practitioner attorney uh, doing title and decided to go all in on, on title back in back in the 70s and operated a single office title company in Annandale, Northern Virginia for probably about 30 years before Jennifer and I joined him. And uh, Jennifer and I both went to law school, practiced as attorneys, uh, but really saw uh, that title was a great profession, great industry. And I think with with culture being kind of the, the theme today, uh, that was a big part of our decision to come into title was we saw that the culture in our family was uh, something that the title industry supported. Uh, growing up, our dad was at everything. I mean, he was at every sports game. He was at every school uh, recognition. And uh, a lot of times he went back to the office or work from home, but it, you know, he had the flexibility to, to be there. He wasn't traveling all over the place. Um, and that was a big part of my decision. I think Jennifer's decision to, to go into title is because there was that balance between uh, having a profession and a career and building a business and also being able to spend a lot of time with your family. You know what? Uh, it's always stood out to me, and my relationship with UT goes goes back almost a decade now. Working with your dad and him and I actually had some really early conversations around technology and real estate outside of, of title early on. And what I've always loved about your organization, right? And there's another awesome David involved, and David Robertson, who's been my my title guy for a long time over there. But the culture, but also the understanding that you guys see value through people. Right, and you really have embraced what we've always talked about through our organizations is culture and living culture. But you guys also do that at such a high level. Why? I mean, you touched on there with your dad, but why is that so important? Not just for you and yourself, but for your for the people that work with Universal Title. Yeah, it's. I mean, it has evolved over the seventeen years that I've been a part of Universal Title. What that kind of looks like. Uh, I just described what it looked like back in two thousand six when I when I came on board. It was, hey, I want to. I want to go down a career path that involved spending more time with my family. But as we have expanded and grown, we've had to uh, put some structure around that. And uh, we we gained a lot through Keller Williams. Uh, when we first started expanding back in 2010, the, the people, the who that we were 
adding to our organization, we didn't have any way of, uh, and it's never a guarantee, but any way of predicting success in bringing in people who were in that culture. It was our, our hiring process when we first started expanding was sit down in a conference room with somebody for 30 to 45 minutes. And if we, if it went well, we'd give them an offer, you know, at that point. And, it, and, and you don't learn a whole lot about somebody in 30 to 45 minutes in a conference room. So we, uh, I remember the conversation uh, very clearly, uh, our partner up in Baltimore, Sherry Harris, who uh, knew we were expanding into Baltimore, knew some of the challenges we were having in our business, finding the right people who, who had the right culture, said, you know, we have this thing at Keller Williams called Recruit Select. Why don't you go take it? And so I did and like blew my mind. I was like, this is absolutely what we need in our business right now. Um, this this process, this system, some of these tools. And uh, I went back and said, you know, thank you for making that suggestion. And she said, well, if you really think that this is something that you could use in your business, why don't I introduce you to corporate consulting down in Charlottesville, which as a UVA law guy, like I was like, heard Charlottesville, I was like, oh, well, that sounds good. Um, <laughs> but, but she introduced us to Brett Henyon, who we spent four or five years uh, consulting and coaching with and putting in place Recruit Select. Uh, now, you know, that has evolved on the KW side into career visioning, but it's been massively instrumental in um, our success and in, in our gro growth of our business, just uh, making sure that we're adding the right people to our team. And I mean, it's not always the, you know, it's not always perfect, but it, it is a, a system that has helped us tremendously. You know, what's, what's really unique about that is when a lot of people think like, oh, Keller Williams as a, as a real estate organization, where for those of us that have been with the company for a while, I realize that it's so much more than that. It is an education and business building. Right. So here you are, obviously symmetry through business relationships, title and real estate go together, but you recognize that, hey, our relationship runs so much deeper than just, hey, let's get together with these associates that we know have to have closed transactions and their consumers. But understand that here's a business model that works that we can use to scale our business within our industry and be aligned with you know, this powerhouse of agents that we can partner with. Absolutely. And so. Yeah, our, our business model of partnering with uh, brokerages and agents is definitely a, a key component of, of our company and, and our success and our growth. But learning how to build that business, uh, we learned a lot and we have borrowed a lot from Keller Williams. And I remember- We call that R&D. Yeah, that's right. We <laughs> yeah, we, we've ripped off a lot. Uh, we've duplicated a lot. Uh, we've kind of- taken other other uh, disciplines as well. I mean, we've it's not just been all Keller Williams, but when we first started working with, with KW, we'd go down to Family Reunion and Mega Camp and we'd buy tickets to the conference and we'd sit in breakout sessions and take notes and learn how to do all these things that are not unique just to real estate sales or real estate brokerages. And they can be applied to any business, especially title, because we're so similar, you know, we're in the same kind of uh, umbrella, so to speak, of, of, of business and how we do things. Um, but we, we built our sales team based on Keller Williams concepts. So Teresa Darnell, who was our executive director of sales, uh, she was our very first hire when we first uh, started expanding. So I always joke that uh, she was before we knew anything about Recruit Select, and yet she's been a great hire, 
great uh, individual culturally and has had a lot of success, but we just, we got lucky. I mean, we just, it was blind luck. Uh, like, yeah, I literally met with her for 30 minutes in my, my office and hired her. No, just, and, just keep your <laughs> You had a right. gift on that right. one. Took yeah. it to the entire recruit. Right, process. right, right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we, I don't know how many years ago, seven or eight years ago said, we're going to, we're going to do things a little differently than a lot of title companies in this area, at least, were doing things in terms of building a sales team and uh, putting in place the, the processes, systems, tools to support that that sales team. And we didn't, neither one of us knew how to do that. So we leaned in hard and learned from Keller Williams. And when someone at Keller Williams said, hey, you know, maybe you should read this book. Uh, we, we read that book and you know, we, we learned we learned along the way. It was it was great. So what I'm hearing you say is that you guys like adopted a culture of winning and winning could be a profit, growth, market share. Define what winning is inside of a business. But I got a question for you. Was it tough for you to transition to a culture of winning given your background as a Duke and UVA guy? <laughs> oh, man. State station that's going to come up in football this coming year. And I, I feel bad for you guys. Like, how do you embrace that well, culture of winning? We, we always, I always say, let's wait until the winter. <laughs> you know, and, and whether it's Duke or UVA, usually we have a, a winning team to, to, to root for. <laughs> oh, man, I had to drop that one. Florida State's going against LSU, and I'm real scared about that this year. Um, but, uh, no, seriously, though, I think, like, it's cool to understand the background of, like, how you guys grew and the structure of, like, hiring people and understanding going to people, right? And I think it's cool that you started off with the hiring process because if it's people that make culture, right? You slap a word on the, the wall and you repeat some stuff at a meeting from a pulpit or your, 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 your front stage and, like, does the words actually have meaning without people? And I think it was cool that you went down the road of, like, it's the people that matter, the hiring process and understanding are they going to succeed and what's their background and how do I get better with my people so let's start there what do when you took o, when you took over the reins from your father with your sister right what was the thing when you looked at culture inside of universal title what was the thing that you're like okay as we grow and change and expand what's the the foundation of culture you thought was going to be necessary to win uh good good question so I think it's a combination of things I think the you know the the family first idea i mean we're we're a family business i work every day with my sister which is wonderful we complement each other really well we obviously uh worked very closely with our dad still do i mean he he's not active in the day to day but he uh you know he always wants to know like this weekend we're we're going to their house uh on the bay and i'm sure we're going to have like a briefing session where we need to let him know everything is going on. And um, so I think that family influence is, is huge. And so uh, making sure that that is something that we not only uh, support for ourselves, but also everybody within the organization. And I think some of the ways that that comes out is just how we, you know, we approach management in our offices. It's not a clock in clock out type culture where if uh, if you're leaving at 4:30 because you got to pick up your kid someone's standing at the door saying well you know did you clock out you know <laughs> yeah, no um, it's it's we understand that everybody works hard and a lot of times and that's an expectation of of universal title you know hey we work hard uh, we we're 
professionals and, and we strive to do our absolute best on every transaction. And sometimes that means staying till uh, uh, you know, later after hours. And so if someone needs to pop out to run an errand or take care of a kid, no, no questions asked. Like that's just, you know, we, we expect you to do that. Uh, we expect you to put your family first. Um, so I think that's part of it. And then I think the, the other big part of it, and as we started growing and, and Brett Henyon, who I um, referred to earlier, I think was instrumental in, in creating this mindset was that universal title needs to be a place where not only David and Jennifer can achieve our personal goals, but everybody else can also achieve their personal goals. Uh, and growing the business, creating the opportunity in the company. So our top performers who are having success, who are uh, driving the business are seeing a, a pathway to achieve their goals professionally and personally. I mean, the, the, the personal goals are a big part of, of universal title and, and nobody shows up. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, not many people show up to work every day saying, God, I can't wait to you know, close one more settlement or you know, close one more listing. You, know, you do these things to be a conduit towards achieving your personal goals. What are you talking about? I wake up every day and I can't wait to do a title search on somebody. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, there are some people out there and I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of worry about them. I kind of worry about them. But, you know, I, I, I think wanting our business uh, and striving to make sure that we are creating a, a universe, no pun intended, where people can achieve all their goals is, is a big part of, of what I strive for every day is to make sure that I'm engaging with our, our people, knowing what they're, uh, they're trying to achieve both professionally and personally and, and working with them to, to do that. At the end of the day, it's up to them to, to, to achieve their own goals, but uh, supporting them in that holding them accountable to do the things they say they need to do in order to achieve those goals. Um, and that I think is also part of, there's a mind, uh, there's a mindset to that, right? Yeah. So the accountability it, it is necessary, right? But there has to be a cadence to that, to why that accountability is there, right? To having them focus on the mindset. You talk about check in to check out, but the mindset is what am I giving? What are the results of me giving and how do I grow because of what I'm doing? What I heard there was that you had basically three pillars for like your cultural foundation within Universal Title, which is family atmosphere, hard work, and then creating a platform inside of Universal Title that allows people to achieve goals that are mutually beneficial to not only the person, but the business. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. So if that's what your foundation was, because we all know that we're dealing with people and people are imperfect, there's always challenges, right, that, that give us growth opportunities of patience and skills and experience and reasons why there's probably a happy hour at 5 p.m. at the end of the day. But um, my, my, my question then is, is that that's what you were striving for as far as the vision of the future and how do you work day and day to get to that vision that never actually comes to fruition because we're growing and business is never stagnant. So let me ask you this different question. What pieces of your culture did you have to take out like with extreme prejudice because it would actually impede your ability to get to your goal? Was there any piece of your culture that you had to literally like maybe it was a year in, maybe it was three years in, maybe it was five years in that like culture formed because like of whatever reason and you had to say like we are completely 100% against this thing because this is actually going to impede us from getting to our goals? Hmm. 
Um, I'm, I'm not sure it'd be quite as uh, black and white, mm -hmm. but I think one of the things I have personally struggled with as a leader is being too nice. And when someone is not following through on the commitments they've made, uh, not holding them accountable to those things. And, and sometimes I think that erodes the culture around that individual that maybe is not uh, truly dedicated or, or committed to, to do the things that they need to do to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. And um, that can that can become a cancer in an organization when someone is not following through and not being accountable. If you don't deal with that, I think it can, um, not only does it, does it weaken the message when you, you know, stand up in front of the organization and say, we're a group of accountable people that sets goals and, and, and achieve them. Um, but I, I think you're only as good as what you, allow and accept in an organization. And so when we've allowed some of that behavior to continue, I, I think, you know, it's been because maybe we, we really like the person, right? Like, no, like, I really like them, but they just aren't doing a good job. Like they aren't following through on, on what they said, but God, this is going to really uh, make me sad when we have to you know, move, move on um, and been too slow to make those changes sometimes. You know, it's just an interesting dynamic to hear something. And I'm going to lighten it up a little bit and say there's that, that roadhouse dynamic, right? There's the great Patrick Swayze once said, right, you're nice until there's a time to not be nice, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And Joe might not appreciate that that reference, but. No, I, I love Roadhouse. Um, no, so like I think that like to better frame my question to Dave was really just like what tips do you want to give people to avoid in forming culture? And what I heard you say was like one of the tips to avoid is don't be too nice not being accountable and then being too slow to release somebody to the world of opportunity. Um, right. I like that. I like that. Right. I like that, that yeah. nice yeah. landing very, very, there. Very PC. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm being very eloquent in my delivery of things. <laughs> well, I think, um, I think yeah, to your point, when you cast a vision of the culture that you want, you have to defend it. You have to, on an almost a daily basis, you have to look for opportunities to reinforce it, defend it. And I think, that will, whether it's actions or words, go a very long way uh, in, within the organization to, to reinforce that culture. Because over time, if you're not doing that, it will change. And as we've grown, that's been a real challenge. I mean, that's been a huge challenge of ours because we are 100 and, you know, 130, 140 employees scattered throughout the country mm -hmm. now. And even when we're just in the, the DMV, Fredericksburg to Baltimore County, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's three hours. And to, to be able to communicate that culture and reinforce that culture across 20 plus offices, uh, it requires a lot of work. Culture is an interesting word, right? I've always found like an, whether I'm, I'm looking for it or somebody's asking me about it. Right. How do you how do you know it when you see it? How do you see it in somebody? How do you express and you say culture is important to us and here's what our culture looks like? Because to me, what I've always found is like culture is just a word, but it has to be experienced. And, and there's different levels of that experience. Right? You could talk about culture because you've seen it, but there's also culture because you've experienced it. So when you relay that culture or you're trying to see what that culture looks like from somebody else, 
that, that's hard to identify, but you know it, you know it when you see it. Yeah. But to get there sometimes, it, it's, you know, how, how do you find that in somebody? It, it's, it's probably one of the most difficult in, in the hiring process is, is someone who is not currently on the team. Uh, I think you have to look to past results. And, and when someone's just coming out of college or high school and they don't have a whole lot of a, a track record um, you know, with references to check, it, it can be difficult. You have to kind of take a, take a gamble sometimes on, on individuals who don't have that track record. But I think if you can look at a track record and see success and see uh, someone who continues to, their trajectory continues to be upward, um, that's something that I'm definitely looking for when we talk about a, a culture of, of high achievement. And then uh, personal references on, on kind of the, is this a good person to have in your organization? And the more you, you practice this, the more you can kind of identify when you talk to like a personal reference, what are you hearing in, are you not hearing something? You know, if, yeah. if you look back at some of the uh, misfires uh, or people that were maybe not in culture, there's usually something in that, in that hiring process that, you know, in the references in particular that you look back and say, yeah, that should have been a red flag. Like when I talked to that person, they, they weren't, so eager to you know give me that reference they were a little bit um standoffish and maybe that should have been something i should have dug into a little bit deeper let me ask you this question inside of culture <clears throat> culture is something like you get lead and lag indicators it's hard to put a measurement on culture whether on the lead activity of culture or the lag activity because it's like a feeling it's an experience it's it's a it's a formation of a bunch of things that eventually come to a crescendo, right? So when you look at culture, and I look at business and say there's really like three things that run in a, like an effective business. It's like new new sales, so growth, reoccurring sales, which is like retention, if you will, that you're you're servicing your client base and they're using you for you know repeat business. And then the, th the third one's profitability, right? If you got sales come in and you have repeat business and you're managing financials, you get the profitability, right? So when you look at a business, profit usually directly tells you how healthy the business is because it's basically saying you've got retention of things, whether that's your employees and or your clients, and you're also driving new sales, so you're growing year over year. So the profit's a direct indication of are you growing and retaining your current business. So when you get culture, which is kind of secondarily, like impacts those three things, what is it for universal title that you do to like instill culture as you expand? Because if you don't have that culture, you're going to hurt growth, retention, and profitability. So how do you guys see that in your business plans? Yeah, I mean, it is difficult because we are so decentralized mm -hmm. and we've got, it'd be a lot easier, I think, if we had everybody under one roof and I saw everybody in the organization every day. So I think it goes back, I think the probably the most important piece of that is hiring good leaders who, uh, if, if you can't talk to everybody every day, you can at least talk to your leadership and make sure that they understand uh, what the culture of the organization is, what the expectations are of everybody who we bring on the team, and 
that they are living that every day as well. And I think we have a, a, a tremendous group of leaders within the organization. Uh, we have been able to retain a lot of talented people over the course of, of our growth, which helps because they, you know, they grew up in universal title, so to speak. Uh, a lot of our leadership joined us as their first job in title or their mm. first job out of law school. And uh, they have a really firm grasp on what that called. They've helped develop that culture over the last uh, 10, 12 years. And so they're ambassadors of, of what we've built and have really helped mold that. And so they can then be extensions of, of me or Jennifer when they have uh, meetings of their team or you know other smaller group meetings that I just couldn't possibly be at every single one of them. So I'm going to put this one on a bow because you actually said something really profound is that like what you're expecting out of your universal title leaders is that the culture is the responsibility of the leaders that you've given opportunities to. Mm -hmm. That like as a company expands and does all that and then the, the DNA of the, the founder can't be at, at that level. So you basically have to say hey, if you're taking a leadership role inside a universal title, you are a cultural ambassador and it's your responsibility to make sure that thing's intact. Yeah. Yeah. And I think every one of them have put their own little – touch on it. Uh, they've, uh, you know, they all lead in their own ways, but at, you know, the core of it is the, is the same culture that, that we've built. And, and I put a lot of trust in them uh, to continue to, uh, to be those cultural ambassadors. Right. I think that's, that's a great way of looking at it. That you guys have kind of set the expectations as a whole, right? But the nice thing about when you're running an organization like that, that each of those individual locations have a culture all of their own, mm -hmm. stemmed from the leadership person that's there. Yep. And I think that's really kind of cool when you look at businesses that expand that way. Each one of them say, yeah, this is why and how we're known as. But each one of us has our own personality traits within that culture. Yeah, yeah. So I think my job is to make sure the big blocks are in place and then allow the trusted leaders within the organization to kind of fill in some of the other other pieces themselves. Since you teed that one up, what are the uh, <laughs> um, what are the three big pillars when it, when you look at culture as the head of universal title? What are the three foundational blocks, pillars, whatever platitude you want to call it um, that are non-negotiable that you demand happen? throughout universal title? Hmm. Um, accountability, I think, is is the first one, whether that's accountability to your goals or to your actions. I mean, that is something that is not negotiable. If if you screwed up in a transaction, you own it. You know, you fix it, but you own it. You don't uh, try to, to hide it. You don't try to, you know, sweep it under the rug, you, you own the mistake and you, you work your darnest to, to fix it. Um, we're entitled. It's an imperfect business. There's always going to be you know, some level of some something that goes on that uh, we need to correct that we could have maybe done a little bit better on, but you just own that mistake and, and, you, and you fix it. And I found that most of the time, people are very understanding of, of that. So uh, I think that accountability is, is one thing. Um, Integrity is is kind of closely related to that. Um, you know, making making the right decisions and um, what was it? What, 
What was the question again? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's it, no, it's good. It's good. It's a because like it, it's a tough question because culture doesn't have a direct. Like, you can't like one plus one in culture doesn't equal two. Like you, you have to put out a certain level of activities day in and day out with any direct feedback loop on it. But it does show up 12, 18, five years later that mm-hmm. if you don't fix culture today and do something on a daily basis that you'll wake up in five years and it's a completely different business, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't have the direct feedback like you do in a closed sale where you say, hey, if I call Dave, deal with his objections, whatever, I can get him under contract and close, like great, my activities with Dave directly drove the fact that we had a closing. Whereas culture, its initiative is ongoing and ever evolving. So you have to basically say, what are the three pillars that like we're going to hold true to and that over time by being true to those three pillars, we're going to get to repeat business. We're going to get to new sales and we're going to grow profit. We're going to grow market share. So my questions were always just like around pillars of culture that the three negotiables are that you brought up was one, we're going to live in accountability, that we're going to be true to who we are. We make our mistakes, own it and be honest. Number two is that we've got integrity, meaning that we're going to be honest with people. We're going to have values. We're going to show up and do the right thing. What would be the third one? Yeah, I think I think growth is is a third one. So whether however you define that, uh, I, th- I think it's important that Everybody within the organization is interested in growth, mm-hmm. uh, personal and professional. So lead generation is is part of that on, on the business side where uh, whether you're in sales or you're managing one of our offices or even a processor that is uh, not in a traditional lead generation role, like how can you help lead generate for your salesperson. Yeah. What are you doing in the course of the transaction to help this business grow? But also, what are you doing outside of the business to to grow? Whether that be in your personal finances, uh, are you are you doing more than you were before uh, to manage your your personal finances? Do you have a budget? Are you paying down debt? I mean, one of the one of the most thrilling things in in quite frankly, my career was somebody that I, who's no longer with us, but, uh, you know, she moved on, she went and did some other things, but uh, I, she was directly reportable to me, and mm-hmm. she came into my office one day, you know, our, our weekly one-on-ones and said, I just want to let you know that uh, I paid off my car, and I paid off my student debt, and before I started working at Universal Title, I never would have thought I'd be able to do those things, and that, like, floored me. Um, that, awesome. yeah, I mean, that, that was, that was just personally thrilling, but that's the kind of, uh, atmosphere culture that, that, uh, we want to foster is that, uh, you're, you never stop growing. Uh, you are always looking for opportunities to, to educate yourself, get better, uh, wh- whatever it is that interests you, uh, whatever it is that you need to you need to focus on in your life, whether it be again professional or financial or spiritual, uh, whatever it is that uh, is what you've identified, you need to to grow in that you that you grow in those areas of your life. Yeah, that those impactful moments. <clears throat> We're not always looking for them, but when they show up, it really makes us realize. Well, we've really kind of done something here. We can kind of connect, right? And how those stories get told within your organization. You don't even, again, we keep saying these things that you can't measure, but you can't always measure that because you don't know what's being said in the background. And that's, they brought that to your attention, but they obviously brought that to other people's attention, both inside and outside of your organization, right? And when I look at culture, culture is so much more than do the right thing. 
or, or being accountable. But when I look at culture, you know, what other things are you guys doing internally? You, you touch on education, you talk on average, but you talk on community. But how do those things come and what are you guys doing to say it's more than just about us, but it's, it's others? So what fits in that other bucket of growing culture inside of UT? Yeah, so I mean, I just touched briefly on like the personal financial piece. I mean, I'm pretty passionate about on this subject. I mean, our country has a huge problem with uh, people not having savings to retire and retire uh, comfortably. And I, I want Universal Title to be a very small piece of of the solution to that. And uh, just continuing to kind of get on my soapbox and and say. Hey, if you're not contributing to your uh, 401k, you need to be contributing to your 401k. Like you're li- leaving money on the table with the employer match that we offer, but you're you're not saving for the future. Like you need a plan, and if that plan doesn't include contributing to your 401k, then what's your plan? Uh, and so, I, you know, paying down debt is another piece of that. And so, I think that's part of it. Uh, the other things that we're doing, so uh, this year we formed a 501c3, uh, which is exciting to be able to not just uh, contribute. We, we always contribute from every settlement uh, towards some type of uh, charitable organization, and we let our different offices and regions kind of control uh, where that money is spent. But now, with the formation of a 501c3, like I personally can make a contribution to that uh, and and receive a tax deduction, where I can uh, doesn't have to be a contribution from settlements. Uh, it can be uh, ways that we can support, and and the, what our cause is is support housing and making sure communities and entrepreneurial uh, efforts within those uh, within those uh, kind of themes or, or within those uh, areas of, of housing and community. And so uh, we support Habitat for Humanity and um, you know, some other organizations that are focused on, on housing issues. That's great. And I, I think that those things, right? And the cool thing about that is, is as you, and I'm going to assume as you look at your 501c3, it's like, but the feedback to the people and your leadership teams, they're going to help foster those relations about other avenues to kind of take how, who can benefit from that organization, right? So having that type of culture where like, hey, our, our organization developed this thing, but now I have the ability to maybe outreach to something's passionate to me. Yes. Yep. And, and so... We made the decision a long time ago that the you know, the charitable contributions that the company makes are going to be controlled or directed by our our other leadership, our other you know our other uh, people within the organization. It's not going to be just a David and Jennifer thing where we decide to support our you know our favorite organizations. And the same thing with the five hundred one c three. It's going to be led by people within the organization reforming a board that is going to have the control over how uh, how and and where we we support. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Dave, I want to say thank you for the time and just like discussion today. And, and for those of you who are listening, like the notes I had from this discussion really around when you look at universal title, that the goals around their culture have to do with like family atmosphere, hard work mentality, and then being able to help the business and people through their platform of the the title business to achieve their goals that like if the business is achieving people are achieving and you have that that symbiotic relationship 
And then for some other just advice, like tips to avoid when forming culture inside of your business. Uh, don't be <laughs> being too nice. Don't do that. Uh, not holding people accountable and then being too slow to release people to their next opportunity um, as far as like tips to avoid. And I think what's cool to hear with like what are the pillars of your culture that you would hold true, that if you hold these things true, it doesn't matter where you expand to, the culture that you guys had at the beginning would stay true, which is the accountability of the people and their roles that like making sure that they're they're actually performing the role that you put them in that you're having integrity in the work that you're doing and the final part that everyone's got to have a growth mindset and i think that's really important what you're actually talking about like pillars of culture is actually your value system inside the company that like as an entrepreneur you've got to be very clear about what the values are inside the company and do the people you hire and attract align with having accountability having integrity and actually focus on growth because if they don't do it in their personal life, they're probably not going to do it in the business life. Yep. I think you summarized it really well. Um, He's got yeah. good yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I borrow your notes? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to close this out, I want to say thanks again, Dave, for coming out and doing this. And then uh, I think it's been really cool to see how something that's a little bit more indirect in business can actually have a very profound effect in the growth and financial success of a business, but also impacting the people that decide to join, join you on your journey. Right. I think it's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, joining us, David. And thanks for those of you at home listening to us for another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. We'll see you next week.